Hello, folks. How are you? Welcome back. Episode 125 of Fight League Atlantic Exposure. This episode is sponsored by our friends at MBH Sport Pre-Workout Coffee. Check them out online, Amazon.uk. Available here directly from Fight League Atlantic in the future. Not too long here in Canada. Uh, fantastic episode lined up tonight, folks. Really excited about this episode. Super honored to be joined by uh, two guys who, you know, up and coming, but have been around this game for a hell of a long time. The run in the fight game, the run in everything in the New England area, uh, taken over. And it's super exciting to have people like this um, who not only look out for, uh, you know, the up and coming athletes, but also have UFC stars on the roster. And it's super cool. Uh, I want to bring them on uh, the man behind Top Game Management. Uh, he's he's a manager, he's an agent, he's a coach, uh, he's a former fighter, and uh, he's a guy doing it all behind the scenes and, and taking a lot of fighters to the next level. So really honored and super excited to be joined by Mr. Tyson Chartier. I thought I'd throw the little French in there since it's Canada, you know. How would you say my last name? Uh, Ch Chartier or Chartier. Yeah, I say, we say Chartier here in the States. but Chartier, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always hear different versions like Chartier, Chartier, Chartier. So yeah, I'm always interested to see how they say it up in Canada. I well, I, was, I knew it was Chartier, so hopefully it didn't offend you with that. No, no, no. It's, okay, it's interesting cool. to hear how how people say it. So yeah. So well, thank you very much uh, for joining us, man. Really appreciate it. I know you're uh, you're again. We were talking a little bit before we went live. You're obviously in Rhode Island for a show right now. Um, how's your travels? It's good, man. It's about two hours from my house, so we showed up on Monday and we're quarantined for till the fight. So we cut weight in the hotel room last night. Wait in today. And uh, tomorrow night, I think at seven is the first fight, and uh, got three guys going. So we're excited to finally have a show in New England. That's yeah. not Bellator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's a, like we were just saying, you know, again, off air, how important it is to have these, like, uh, kind of, I, I wouldn't say like feeder organizations, but it kind of is, you know, when it, at the end of the day, it's these, like ourselves, we're a local promotion. These promotions are a little bit bigger, but how important it is to keep the train running. Like I'm having this conversation with my commission all the time. The longer this goes on, like it's going to shut down the whole sport here. Yeah. It's uh, you know, a little bit of a, a hiccup in the, you know, the pipeline for uh, prospects, but Hopefully, you know, it seems like some of the states and some of the promotions are figuring out, you know, uh, how to get it going. You know, LFA kind of led the charge on the local scene. And then, um, you know, CFFC has been running shows. And then now you see Tora MMA coming down into Florida, mm -hmm. XFC. So you're starting to see it happen. Uh, this is our first local promotion that we've had in, in New England since COVID. So it's really since January then. So, um, yeah, we're just happy to finally get some of these prospects to fight because their career have been on pause since March. Yeah, that's a long time for, you know, for uh, any fighter, you know, especially one that's having a good year or even coming off a loss. You know, it's it's important to have these fights and have these events going, man. So that's good to hear. Who are the, who are the names? I, we spoke about it again, but Mitch yeah, Rapoto. So yeah. yeah, Eddie George is fighting uh, on the first fight. He's 1-0. He's a lightweight. Uh, he's got the best mullet in MMA, so you get to see him walk out tomorrow night. Tanner Bowser. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's got a, a, cool, a sweet mullet. And then – um. Next would be Mitchell Post, he's 4 0, 21 years old. You know, as blue chip of a prospect as they come. You know, this kid mm. started training MMA when he's 12. I think I just put up a video on my Instagram of him training MMA when he's 12 years old, saying that he's going to be a world champion. And now here he is 4 0, going on fight pass and uh, trying to get cool. to 5 0. So it's pretty cool to see, you know, someone like him. And he's kind of, you know, spearheading that or spearheading that new wave of young MMA fighters that are coming through. So. I'm excited about that. And then his teammate, Chris Matino, is 6-3. He was a former uh, CS title challenger. So, uh, yeah, he can get back on a winning 
winning streak and uh, get going. He's a young, talented kid. You know, he's got some new coaches going on, uh, going into this fight. So hopefully he'll, you know, you'll see some different things. Nice. Nice. I was actually picking up uh, today. I was watching a few of your uh, past, like just coaching and stuff. And in the corner, you're, you're super calm, man. And it's, uh, it's cool to see. Do you, like, do you, did it take you a while to get used to that? I mean, I had, to, I had some good mentors. Like one of my, you know, I had, I had some coaches that were really loud and I had some coaches that were quiet. And, uh, but you know, the, one constant you know big john would yell when i needed him to yell but the one constant that i had in uh, all uh, 15 of my fights was this kid uh chris owen he was a jiu-jitsu guy didn't do mma but you know he was one of my mentors in in life and martial arts and he was always there to corner me for fights and just he had a really calm coaching style when it came to jiu-jitsu tournaments and stuff like mm -hmm. that and i kind of you know emulated myself after him and i i learned when he was doing it on me so then going into the fights and i realized it resonated with me and you know, at the end of the day, like, if these guys need to be, you know, all jacked up and pumped up, I can yell. But um, yeah, you know, yeah. guys like guys like Calvin and Rob, they don't need to be pumped up. They need to be instructed. So mm -hmm. that doesn't take yelling and that doesn't take uh, slapping them in the face or anything like that. So obviously, coaching in between in between rounds is you know it's a bit of an art and it's a skill. But mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm just For trying sure. to keep getting better and keep practicing and hopefully I come off as calm, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for me. You do anyway. So, uh, whether inside, who knows, but, uh, obviously Calvin here, uh, super honored, uh, honored to have him join us here for the limited amount of time that he has. I know he's super busy. And, uh, so without further ado, folks, uh, the number six, uh, featherweight ranked in the world, super honored to be, uh, Mr. Jo uh, joined by, uh, I'm th rattled here. I'm rattled boys. Uh, the whole new England cartel and the pride of title town, Calvin Cater. How are hey, you, sir? Thanks for having me on, man. Sorry I'm late. Oh, don't be silly, uh, man. Thank you. Super honored headphones for you guys. Or am I good? You're great. Headphones You're would great. be better. Well, I'm sorry, <laughs> T. Those things don't fit in my ears, bro. Uh, you know? <laughs> but things, talking about, Tyson's talking about getting in, uh, practicing being a better corner. What he needs to do is learn how much water to pour because he messes it up every time. First <laughs> round, he's pouring in like way too much. And then in the later rounds, he's pouring too little. So. Yeah, one job, man. I'm on my mic station. Just give me the water. <laughs> I saw a clip earlier today. It was like, here, I don't know which fight it was, but it was like, uh, here, you hold the water. And it wasn't, it was, yeah. it was Mark. Oh, man, that was pretty funny, dude. That's the way to do it, though. Definitely. I think we might just have to start giving me the water, T. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> it's just, you know, I'm kind of hot. Uh, what was it? Uh, I'm kind of like fancy in there, man. I, I like to have it pour for me. I, it's I don't want to carry it. I get it. It's a tough. Job, <laughs> I think man. we do it with. I think we do it the way we do it because it's just all camp. You have boxing gloves on, so I actually had to pour. It That's for exactly you, what it is. Yeah, yeah. So then going into the thing, it's just kind of have it. But yeah, maybe next time I'm just gonna hand it to you. I know yep, in between rounds, I hand it to you. Yeah. yeah, in the comments, they're like, guys, you you have your fingers, MMA gloves. Like in the comments, <laughs> you don't have yeah. to get poured in water. And I was like, man, that makes a ton of sense. I don't know why we don't do that more. <laughs> well, I can, you're kind of busy, I guess. Yeah. You know, so. Well, again, boys, like, you know, you don't have a lot of time, and I want to really thank you for taking the time to join us. Up, We're up here a little north in Nova Scotia, so uh, again, you know, the, we were just speaking about the importance of upcoming MMA, like uh, like shows that you put on, Calvin, and other shows yeah. in the scene, and how important they are for, for to keep, get back going, but uh, I want to talk to you guys about, like, you know, the friendship, how, like, not every day is a manager and your friendship kind of happen like you guys have. And uh, the importance of a manager in MMA, a lot of guys don't realize, or girls, like fighters, how important it is. And I wanted to hear from both ends, you know, 
kind of how the relationship, uh, you know, has its pros and cons, I guess, if you don't mind. It, it definitely helps having, uh, you know, it's a, a team in anything. And, uh, you know, Tyson's great at the helm, kind of putting things together. And uh, he probably deals with more than the, what, you know, more than what's on most managers' plates. He doubles, uh, you know, with the coaching. And, uh, but yeah. he handles it well, man. He's, a, he's a, you know, he, he's solid to rely on for, for uh, you know, going into the fights. He, he's definitely taking a load off your plate. And otherwise, you know, going into camp, you'd be dealing with a lot more, um, you know, paperwork things, just stuff that doesn't really pertain so much to the training for the fight, which is really most important for the athlete and the fighter going in there. So, uh, you know, I'm definitely fortunate enough to have Tyson. Before him, it was just me and my brother. Because uh, I, I feel like it's got to be uh, some level of trust or family if you're gonna, mm -hmm. you know, get get in there with me in the in the corner or, or you know, that's more on coaching. But um, anybody touching the money, man, that combat zone. <laughs> I have my mom touching the money at the front <laughs> gate. I don't trust nobody. Smart and, man. Uh, and it's it's yeah, it's good to have Tyson on board. He's definitely helped me out tremendously. And I mean, um, yeah, it's, it, I feel like we're still just scratching the surface. I couldn't agree more with that. Well, how about you, Tyson? Yeah, I think I think managers get a bad rap in MMA because mm -hmm. you know some people do some unscrupulous things, and I think you know the biggest complaint I hear about managers is you can't trust them; they lie all the time. And what do they do for their money? Um, you know, so I just think I bring a different element to it. Like I was a fighter, then I, you know, obviously a coach, and so I I, I kind of see I wear a lot of different hats, and I just saw when I was a fighter the things that I didn't like and the things I wish I had, and I try to bring that forth with the guys that I I manage and coach and. I just think it's always just about integrity, you know, just do the yeah. right thing, make the right decision that what's best for the fighter. It's not about what's best for me or top game or my wallet or my family. It's, it's about whatever's best for the fighter. And mm -hmm. ultimately if I align myself with whatever's best for the fighter, then we're all winning. Yeah. Very well said. Do you, do you guys find that it's changing? Cause I, you know, as a, you know, I'm certainly not at a, a our promotions, not, you know, we're, we're pretty well known here in the East coast of Canada, but we're certainly not on a world level, but, do you, do you guys find the the sport is continuously growing to the point where eventually, you know, the UFC is going to be doing shows again, you know, coming out of this COVID continuously doing, you know, every weekend? I think so. Um, yeah. This is a, through every con uh, and setback, man, there's, there's a pro and, you know, uh, UFC's found their niche where, where, you know, all these other sports are, are definitely struggling, um, you know, but UFC's had a, a chance to kind of take the forefront, I mm -hmm. think. And um, that first show was huge. I was, I felt like I was really lucky to be a part of that one, and uh, a lot of eyes on the events now, which is great. But uh, yeah, I'm just happy to have an organization like that. You know, I feel like you're saying I feel for the guys that haven't had that shot yet. But um, you know, trying to get into the UFC at this point when things are at a standstill. Mm -hmm. But Tyson brought up a great point to me the other day. He said that. Um, you know, really not so much the guys that are training right now, the local scene's kind of on a standstill, but that does provide another opportunity for, you know, the guys that maybe didn't get their shot to, to still compete and, and, and maybe get, um, you know, last second chance when otherwise mm -hmm. they might not have got it if things were the way they were. But um, yeah, sorry to move that question around on you, but. Well, it wasn't really a question. I'm just totally rattled here, boys. So <laughs> I just appreciate your joyous, but it wasn't really a question. So thanks for saving my ass on that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but what another thing I want to kind of ask about too is I, I, I've asked other fighters about this. You know, fighters who have kind of got their first fight, you know, their first big chance, and they're fighting in, say, UFC, you know, on the fight aisle in front of nobody. 
do you think when when the, when it does come back, do you think they'll have an adjustment fighting in front of you know twenty thousand people? Do you think it'll be a whole new adjustment again, or do you think it'll be a pretty smooth process because they've you know they've obviously fought in fans in front of fans before, but maybe not that amount. Ideally, the the guys that are, are serious, man, it doesn't matter who's on the outside. You yeah. know, they're all focused on the guys on the inside. The guys that you know maybe are the top fifteen that are, you know, maybe new to the game, but I don't know, whatever the case, man, those, the guys that are, are really serious, they don't give a shit about the crowd, you know, they're all secondary, but like Tyson said, for me going in there, I don't need the, I, I don't need the crowd to amp me up. I'm already going on a hundred. I kind of visualize the arena almost being like that on the way in anyway. I'm really kind of focused on the job at hand. And then after the fight is where I miss the crowd and the audience the most, you know, when it's time to hear that yeah. crowd roar after like maybe a spectacular performance. And I feel like we're all robbed of that, you know, but as far as going into the fight without the audience and, and when they come back in, yeah, the, it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, weird again, like going out wise. I, I remember I went out to Texas visiting my sister and um, it was like nothing changed. So that was, that was kind of the new, the, the old normal is weird to me now, you know, being yeah. around a bunch of people, it's kind of a little different, but when it comes to fighting, man, and, and you know, that's kind of how the gyms are on a Saturday for sparring. It's there's, there's not really a lot of people, uh, at least nowadays, like you're saying in the gyms. And it's uh, I feel like it's taking a lot of pressure off for some of the guys too, um, stepping that's in good. there, you know, have the crowd kind of screaming at you, distracting you. And uh, you can kind of just focus on the job at hand and, and taking out the guy in front of you. Interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's very well said. Do you notice for yourself, Tyson, like in, in the coaching, like uh, obviously there's no crowd. You can hear yourself like, you know, you like uh, you can hear the commentators. Does, does it anything different for you or? I like it a lot better because, you yeah. know, I feel like we don't have to scream as loud. I feel like the, the crowd doesn't factor in, you know, um, you know, if we're fighting a hometown guy, like when we fought the beat in Russia, it was like anything he threw, whether it landed or not, was swaying the judges. Yeah. Um, not that had like yeah. an impact on the outcome, yeah, but, but, you know, just things like that. And then like, in eyes and, and yeah, nothing just, like that. just like, we can focus on coaching and like knowing that he's hearing it. But I think one thing that's not getting brought up is people talk about the fans being there or not. Like go to Vegas on a pay-per-view and fight on the early prelims. There's just as yeah. many people in the stands for that fight. Not not in a small market fight because those those fans show up early. But the Vegas ones, you know, you're fighting in front of maybe maybe a thousand people in front of the whole stadium for those first early fights uh, on the big cards when when it's in Vegas. So I think those guys, you know, it's probably a good adjustment period for them. They're coming in. They're used to fighting, you know, in front of nobody anyway. And there, so it's not that big of a difference yeah. for some of those guys early on the card. But you know, I think, you know, I think for guys like Calvin, I think they're, you know. I said this like guys like that are making their first main event walk don't get that that rub from the crowd. Guys like Calvin who just got that you know amazing knockout against Jeremy Stevens and didn't get to jump the cage and, and hear yeah. the crowd like you know rewarded for that. And so I just think like that we're being stole of pretty good memories. You know, like we were looking the other day at a picture of him after he beat Burgos flexing on the cage after uh, in Boston and their home down. I think you can see like Machine Gun Kelly in the background standing Badass, up like, like yeah. this. You know you know, we don't get that in the Jeremy Stevens fight. We're in an empty arena in Jacksonville. And I just think like, there's a lot of things that like, you know, we're getting, you know, probably taken from us moments that would have been, you know, that much more rich, but you know, it is what it is. At least we get to do it. So yeah. I think, uh, Task come hand, back I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Fuck. It's, 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 it's so frustrating here. You know, we like, we're again, we're in Nova Scotia. So we're in this little maritime bubble. So only the four provinces you can travel amongst them. And we have, we have three cases, I think in our province, but it, the commission's like, no, no, no. It's like, what? No, come on. 
let us fight. I feel you for know? the local guys, man, all trying yeah. to get a good shot. Um, you know, myself being a promoter too, it's tough, man. I'm just dealing with the this the, the venues, the states with the regulations, everything. It's it's not the easiest thing to kind of go about, but um, I just feel for local guys because if it, it's just going to separate the the guys who really want it from the guys who kind of want it. Really, is it? You know, the people that kind of want it. Maybe that's that distraction that that pulls them away from the fighting. You know, yeah. but for me, when that happened with Zabit, you know, in November, I felt like my whole world was in a pandemic months before it actually came to the u.s because i you know i had hit that loss my goals were to go three and oh and i was really really hungry and um so i had got right into training and then i was planning on fighting in march so when they moved it from there to april to may it was like i was like a dog on a bone i felt like mm. i improved so much in that time and i knew it was a huge advantage uh, like i said you know uh, with the setback and the cons it's i i try to force myself to find the the pro in every con you know and in that situation i saw it as an opportunity to get a leg up on the competition and um and we just made it happen man instead of finding an excuse we just we just found yeah. a way and championship mindset. yeah it's it, you know it is what it is i was sprinting up and down my brother's street um on a bicycle lifting a 40 pound sandbag for the jeremy stevens fight that was my strength and conditioning <laughs> you can tell though man, like when you fight though like that's you're you can tell you won yeah, hundred percent. I fight these guys like I said, like they owe me that show money, and I, I'm serious, man. I, I, I'm I'm trying to change my life every fight, and um, and, and these guys are just you know in the way of that. So, um, uh, yeah, and I just bring that mindset, man, to to training day in, day out, and if you, um, you know, compound that over the course of a camp, and and when your next fight's gonna be, you get some really big dividends, man, with just a hungry mindset and a willingness to put in the work on a daily basis. Yeah, man, we all know you know know what it takes, but these guys don't really want to do it. It's what it really comes down to. Yeah, well, it's that's that's you say. You know, it's it sounds simple, but it's it's about as impossible as like it's super impossible for a lot of people. A lot of people can't even get off the couch. You know, like to to do it. Like I'm a black belt in jujitsu, and let me tell you, I'm a guy who like a hobbyist and like I'm not a high level competitor by any means. And I love rolling with like guys or girls or whatever it happens to be that show you levels, you know, yeah. and it's an amazing feeling when you can get humble, you know, and fuck it's martial arts are a beautiful thing. And when, uh, when you can watch athletes like you compete at such a high level, man, and like the cardio and the technique and everything's so beautiful. It's a, it's a pretty thing to watch, man. Yeah. I'm just excited. Man. There's a lot of people that have been with me for, you know, the, since the beginning days, the early days, and I'm happy to show them that, you know, they understand, they get it from where I came from and, and, and how long I've been going at this. And I think I, uh, you know, I, I try to be a representation for just not quitting, not giving up and, and uh, not taking no for an answer, you know, making things happen and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, so the people that have seen me, they, this didn't happen overnight for me, man. And, and this next generation guys is, is, you know, they, they kind of want things now right? and they want them quick and they want to work for it. I think like these guys asking for the fights, you just concentrate on putting in the work. I think their, their focus is a little distracted, you know? And, um, I don't know for, at least for myself, man, I don't really, I don't really care to talk shit about other people. What works for me is yeah. work on a daily basis, man. I, and, um, day in, day out. And it just, my, my old adage is just that, that I'm not going to lose because I didn't work hard enough ever. 
Yeah. And I could live with that. You know, I could live with the results either way, as long as you put in the work. And I, I feel like a lot of times, like, these guys just got to focus on on the work because that's the only thing paying dividends. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these people, these young fighters now, not everybody, there's, there's some outliers, but we're seeing a lot of young fighters that want to get rich without putting in the work. Yeah. And um, someone like Calvin, you were 16 and two before you got in the UFC, but you yeah. see how much ready, how ready he was. His first fight, first nine fight. days notice against Andre Philly, yeah. and he performed, you know? So I think there's something to be said for that. I think he's a good, uh, I always use Calvin and Rob Bont as examples of like, I can't want it harder, you know, more than you do. You know, if I have to bug the fighter to get in the gym or stay motivated when they don't have a bout agreement, those guys generally don't work out. Yeah. You know, so Calvin's yeah. one that trains you around. And um, I use a good example is when the Stevens fight, it was really supposed to be in March, but then they moved it to April 18th. And then the Thursday before we were supposed to fly out, that's when ESPN canceled, like their Disney canceled the card. They told Dan to step down or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was a Thursday night. Calvin was at my house the next day lifting. He's like, listen, I just want to keep doing camp. Let's just keep training. And then sure enough, that Monday, we it got moved to May 9th. So, you know, that's the mindset that he has. It's, Positive. you know, he never surprised me with his motivation. And I think, you know, I always say that him and Rob are a good blueprint for young fighters on how they can model their careers after in terms of having the right work ethic, the mindset, the patience to get in. You know, he was 16 and two, you know, Rob was 10 and one. And, you know, you get these guys now, they get to 4-0, and oh, and they're complaining that they're not in the UFC yet. And, yeah, uh, fuck. I don't know. It's tough, man. You know, and I'm sure you as a promoter get it, because kind of Calvin does is, oh, I can't get that fight. That won't get me, you know. I'm yeah. trying to stay undefeated and go to a the lot. UFC. He promotes as well? <laughs> yeah. He's so a we're, promoter we're, in Nova Scotia. I thought yeah. he had more grays. Yeah, it's been more, man. I'm losing my <laughs> hair, bro. Shit's crazy. <laughs> oh, what, dude. So you got the same disease I got. Yeah, well, <laughs> losing money disease. Yeah, man, it's just that pay it forward disease. Yeah, that's right. Oh, but, you know, like it is. I don't know. It's it's different because you know, like we're like we've only done one event. So we yep. used to do jujitsu events, and, and but we've only done one MMA event, and then COVID kind of like everybody else shut us down. So we're pretty green in the whole yep. thing, you know, but. If you guys ever want to come up and take the drive or take a, we could get you on a flight up, you know, Boston and Nova Scotia is only an hour flight. Yep. So, um, yeah, man, I'm trying to get out that way more often anyway. It's just, it's, you, uh, you know, we're, I'm training like I got a fight right now. I mean, I feel nice. like just, you know, Zabi, uh, not Zabi, what's his name? Zombie and, and Ortega. Like in my head, I'm fighting one of those guys are falling out right now. And I'm going to fight one of them, I'm thinking. <laughs> but it, you know, it's not cool, but in my head, like I'm mentally prepared. That's happening in my head. I might have to lose a lot of weight still, but in my head, like I'm, I think it's gonna happen. And uh, um, you know, and the more I, the more I focus on shit like that, the more I'll be in the gym. The more I can distract myself with training. So chances are, it's it's gonna probably have to be right after a fight if I come out that way. Nice. <laughs> I'm always in the gym out here, man, trying to stay ready for the next opportunity. Are, are you well that's obviously you got that's the whole that's the whole uh you know coming to nova scotia to fish and hunt isn't going to pay the bills unfortunately so <laughs> yeah i got but, nothing to celebrate yet man we got real big goals people are like oh aren't you that's right. on the video game i'm like yeah but like, no that's not really you know that's a good checkpoint cool but like i'm focused on way bigger things man I, like and you don't get it by just you know not training sitting around talking about it and um, yeah but like you said, man, I'm happy. I got Tyson as a manager. I got Rob Font, uh, best teammate in the game. You know, I really feel confident. Um, put it, You don't get that type of a team uh, overnight. That takes, you know, I've been in the game a long time. Like I said, I felt like I, I'm in a situation where I got the right people around me. 
And, uh, and now all I have to do really is just focus on putting in the work and, um, it's it's paying dividends, like I said, man. So I'm happy to have the team around me. I have, and I feel confident stepping in there with anybody now. Huge. Well, looking forward to a big 2021, man. You know, uh, 2020, two- man. I ain't done yet. Nice, nice. That's right. That's right. right. Shut up, Derek. Shut up. That's I'm right. In. <laughs> That's right. Well, I don't have much pull, but Dana, you know, <laughs> listen up, <laughs> man. I'm ready. I, I, like I said, I think someone's pulling out this weekend, and if not, in my head. I'm fighting in latest December, nice. and then that if they keep challenging it, then I'll keep like that dog on the bone, man. I'm ready for someone. Well, you, you have a lot of fans up here, man, like a lot of people that I speak to throughout our community up here, a lot of fans in uh, the Maritimes up here. It's it's There's a little bit of a similarity for some reason. Obviously, you know, I don't know what it is about kind of being on the East Coast and kind of like Harbor. I don't know what it is, but Boston and Nova Scotia uh, have a – I think it was uh, actually – I should know this. I was I was in travel and tourism, but like uh, when there was a Halifax ex- explosion, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Long story short, there was a quite a big uh, a lot of people in Boston sent goods and like supplies. Yep. Basically, d- this explosion destroyed the whole city up here. Yeah. Like a anyway. So there's a lot of kind of happy kinda, to hear that about Boston. Yeah, we send you the Christmas tree every year from Nova Scotia. Oh yeah, that, that's right. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. That's one that gets that lit up. Yeah. Yeah. The one, uh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, every well, year. You guys are, by Moncton, when we went to Moncton, is that Nova Scotia? That's New Brunswick. So, like, it's pretty close. It'd be like New Hampshire, Massachusetts wow. kind of thing, right? right? States versus provinces. But uh, I drove up there. Because that, that took like eight hours to just fly. You probably had to go through Montreal and wait. Yeah, yeah fuck, man. Up here, it's like, especially now with COVID, they've cut everything. Now it's like, you got to fly. I got to fly to to like Calgary to fly to Europe kind of thing. Like, it's like, what? I have to fly four hours that way yeah, to go that way. But makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is, it's, yeah, it is, you know, small, small town, but we're, we're lucky here. We're in this, like I said, we're in this bubble. So we have like, we have three cases of COVID. Like, wow. so none really for the most part. So everybody's kind of. Kick them out. <laughs> Pick them out of the boat. Get them out of here. Yeah, I just I just came home from Alberta. I, so in my own country, I had to go out to Calgary, like Alberta, for a wedding, my fi- uh girlfriend's wedding, fiance. Oh shit, drop that. Um <laughs> yeah, a leak. That's a leak. Uh so anyway, uh we went out there and when you come back here, you have to quarantine for two weeks. So I just finished yesterday, two weeks inside. Can't go anywhere. My own like fuck. So, yeah, man, that quarantine shit sucks. You guys know all about it. That's right. Two weeks? Uh, well, no. Well, just in the you- bubble, you could technically say you're quarantining because when you go to Abu Dhabi, you're in this two mile bubble where you still have to social distance yeah. and wear masks. So you're kind of, I guess, you're quarantined from the rest of the country. But it's really two, the first two to 48 hours you get there, you can't leave your hotel room. Hmm. And then we did that is- in, uh, in Vegas before we left. So it was like two there, two there on top of losing a day on the flight and then you're just like you get me out of these hotel rooms then you get out of bu- the hotel room to a two mile bubble you're like all right i'll take it for now yeah, <laughs> and, then, yeah and it's, to- it's a 120 degrees and 85 percent humidity yeah and yeah it was uh i think it was like 15 there 16 and a half back Man. but like you said but, I had to fly to vegas to go to friggin yeah. abu dhabi it was like yeah, was so. west coast to go all the way back and that's how we came on the way back home too but I mean, Vegas after a fight is never a bad idea. But before <laughs> yeah. the fight, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, very true. Did you guys get to celebrate a little bit? 
Yeah, I think we landed at like what? T twelve at night, one a one in the morning, and then we got um, in and out. In and out at like four a.m. I think I had three ice cream sandwiches by five a.m. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, folks. it's weird because the way they do the the fights in Fight Island, we fought at nine a.m. So we got back to the host hotel at like ten thirty, took our pictures in the hotel a.m. and our yeah a.m. and our shuttle was leaving to the airport at two, so we had like two hours where we went up to the rooftop pool, had a couple what? appetizers and that was our celebration. And then we jumped onto a, a, a I was like, a, what a 14, 15 hour flight. It's, it's 11 AM. I'm just, you know, so how do you come down there. from that? Like, how yeah. do you like be a normal person? Like, like, yeah, I gotta get on a plane now. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm so jacked up. Yeah. Good problems, man. We're doing what we love. That's so I, try to, I always try to have that grateful mindset, man. We, we yeah. were you know, lucky enough to do this, but yeah, they definitely send you through the ringer sometimes before you get in there. But um, I yeah. always fall back on that. Um, you know, the other guy got to deal with it too. So it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, true enough. True Anything enough. he could deal with, I could deal with better. Yeah, yeah. And you were first class, so there's that. Ooh, that's bad. Yeah, my hand, I mean, should have started. It was funny, man. It was like a zombie apocalypse. All the guys in first class were the guys who fought. And it's just all mangled looking. And then I don't know if you remember getting off a flight for like 14 hours. Yeah, and the swelling good. just magnifies. It was like we got off, uh, just couldn't even recognize you when they got off the plane from when they went on. It was, oh, no. Yeah, it was a mess. But, you know, I mean, when we landed, we were in Vegas, so all is well. Yeah, everybody was probably probably pretty used to it in that airport, seeing you guys, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Good times, though. Yeah, it is good times. It's uh, it's It's – I want to ask you really quickly before I, you know, I know uh, Boston is such a sports town. I've spent a little, I, le I lived actually in Lenox, uh, Massachusetts, which is on the kind of the Western part of the province. I went down there and used to work at a, at a sports camp for kids, for youth. Yeah. Loved it, man. But it, like all the championships, uh, what do you think when, when you hear of a name like Brad Marchand? He's a good Nova Scotian boy. That's why I ask. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Do you follow hockey at all? Not crazy. I, no. I like the, what I like about I hockey they, is the fights. And then and my thing is, if you like to fight so much hockey, why don't you watch the fights? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I the hockey, I'm, I'm more of a playoff hockey guy, man. I like uh same thing with, like, certain sports, man. I, I like hockey, but um, I'm more of a, you know, Patriots, football, Celtics, basketball. I like the Red Sox here and there, man. Anybody from from uh, New England, though, you know, I try to get behind 100%. Nice. I think one of those guys you you want him on your team, but he's annoying if he was on the other team. Yeah, yeah. kind of like an instigator. <laughs> yeah. He's like a, a guy that's gonna try to get you to fight, but he wears a visor. But he's not he's gonna like, fight. He, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. He is. Uh, he actually used to work. Uh, he's friends with one of my old amateur fighters, and he used to do privates with him and stuff. Okay. He's actually reached out a couple times through him. He wanted to kind of get working with Calvin and Rob, just mix up a little off season training and stuff. So that's still a possibility. But yeah, I mean. Nice. The, you know, the big it, man. He's just starting to be a bar. You're going to see next season his fights are going to go up through the charts. <laughs> Who's that? Wait, if he does, go ahead. Oh, yeah, Marshawn. Yeah. 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 Well, he's like, he's scrappy. I will say he's not scared to get in there, you know? So it'd be like, it'd be interesting to see like if he could actually grapple, you know? Like, I'm sure like people, I always get a kick out of this because like being a jujitsu guy, you know, you get these people who are like, oh, you know, no, nah, man. Like, I, like, I'd fuck him up. I'm like, what? No man, like not no. That guy is a professional athlete, like yeah. legit. Like he not like don't get like you're a if you're like a basic hobbyist blue belt, 
Like yep. Brad Marchand's probably going to be able to like hold his own. I'd I like to not. see some of these fights, man. Like, cause I agree. <laughs> I, I want to start seeing the professional athlete versus the blue belt. You know, like that's the fights that people really want to see. Yeah, that's it. That's um, it. That's like Jason. Uh, Jason Ellis. We'll have to go talking. Talking. Yeah. Do you know who that is? That comedian. Uh, puts, I'm bad with names, man. I, I'm telling you, I know too many. And um, he puts on like like uh, like fights where he'll tie two guys' arms together. But like the the two ins, so they're sitting beside one another and they're across from two people, but they have their two inside arms tied so they can jab and then their outside isn't tied. It's hilarious. I but love they, it. That's pretty. We used to do some drills where we both used to put that foot in the tire in the pocket training. We've done a lot of rounds like that. That's probably why I can't remember these people's names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys. Well, any uh, final advice, you know, coming from both sides of the business, you guys are extremely successful. And like you said earlier, Calvin, just to start right now, uh, you know, this is going to get bigger and bigger. And I'm and I'm super honored to, again, have you on here. Uh, what do you think uh, for up-and-coming fighters, for up-and-coming promoters like ourselves, any advice for people, you know, just in general, not necessarily to deal with COVID, but in, in general, you know? Yeah, just don't wish for it more than you work for it, you know? These guys all want to talk about things. Just go out and work for the shit you want. Actions, a lot of them words. And, and go out and get whatever you want by any means necessary. Don't take no for an answer. And like I said, just don't wish for it more than you work for it. That's my great, mindset. Great quote. Great quote. Yeah, I always just say just try to enjoy the journey. Don't stress so much on getting to the UFC or getting to wherever. Just enjoy it because some of the best memories I have and I'm sure Calvin can concur is back when you were, you know, a white or a blue belt hanging around with your buddies talking about the future. I'm still you know, blue belt. Are, <laughs> <laughs> you know, those are the, those the are dangerous cool blue belt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. Just blue enjoy belt. the process. Have fun. Definitely enjoy you know, the process, enjoy it. man. Enjoy Even, it. Yeah, that, that's, that's a huge one, man. That's the thing. Like, there's got to be to me. You know, I'm, I'm like, uh, when you're involved in the sport, and you know, I always think of the moments like after a fight, like you guys, like that moment when you went to the rooftop and you gave each other a cheers. Like, those are the moments. You're like, man, this is fuck. This we is call worth it. everything, man. Cool checkpoints. You know, yeah. like everything's a, it's a good checkpoint. That me and Robert big on that, man. Post fight, it's just like it's that first. It's that moment when you get in the shower post fight, right out back. It's still sinking in what just happened, you know? And we're just constantly trying to hit checkpoints, man. Uh, and and we're, we're on path to, to hit some good ones, but we're not done yet. And we got some big ones ahead of us. And, and uh, you know, hopefully people are tuning in and, and watching us, um, you know, accomplish them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. One final question. Well, first of all, they better be tuning in, first of all. We're going to be pumping <laughs> out these fights as, uh, as much as we can here. Um, the New England cartel. Where'd that all come from? Tyson. No, was, uh, Rob came up with the name last summer. He was with you and Calvin were hanging out, and uh, you and Rob. Yeah, he was listening to Rick Ross album or something. He had said, <laughs> "Yeah, man, Rob's got some shit. I love it." Nice, man. that's awesome. He's got a beautiful mind for the sport. That kid, he's he's just yeah. He was he was on some shit that day. Put it together, and when we heard it, we're like, "That's it." <laughs> that's it's, it fits very well it's yeah. like it's it's brilliant really you know so, a lot of this game is marketing man and it's super smart yeah yeah no it's uh it's cool to have something to rep and uh you know aside from just being from new england which is cool in itself title town and um yeah we got some big shoes to fill but we're excited about it 
Yeah. Well, it's again, lots of love from Nova Scotia and the Maritimes uh, in the Atlanta provinces. Anything that we can do, you know, uh, from up here, please reach out if you ever want to come up for a seminar or, you know, whatever. By all means, we'd be happy and honored to help out in any way we can. So keep doing great things, being a great role model and uh, two badass mofos. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah. Promoter, promoter, man. It was a good talk. Yes, yes, man. Well, I'd, I'd love to pick your guys' brain again. You know, uh, again, you know, I uh, I just put actually a little package in the mail today for uh, for uh, you guys to try out some hot sauce and stuff from the oh, marathon. All right, so, great. Yeah, appreciate um, but that, man. Appreciate no, we're sauce, well. You'll you'll enjoy this kind of stuff. So it's uh, actually I put one of these in it here too. So you can uh, just be careful though. It's uh it's like Carolina Reaper brittle, and it's like got ghost pepper sauce. Are you Cal? Tyson, you're going to take good. the first bite? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one bite. Oh, Yo, I'm going to rub some of that on Tyson's toilet paper. When <laughs> I <go. laughs> oh, no. Oh, well, don't say I sent it. I'm sorry, Tyson. Yeah, I love it. You man. won't be yeah, answering my message. package, man. It's nice of you. No, well, uh, again, you know, super honored and uh, thanks for your time, guys. So have a wonderful night. Good luck with the fights tomorrow night and uh, lots of love from Nova Scotia, guys. Appreciate that. Thanks, have a good one. Fantastic episode, folks. Super honored to be joined. I don't know why I've said super. I was rattled this episode. I'm not going to lie. You know, not every day you get to interview two guys that you look up to a lot. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I really thank them for the time and uh, the work that they've done in the jujitsu and uh, martial arts community for continuing to grow it. And, uh, again, be great role models for uh, a lot of the up-and-coming kids in the New England area, but also, uh, in you know, all around the world. So keep it up. Uh, next fight, make sure you tune in. Uh, Calvin Cater, guy's going to be a world champion, folks. There's no doubt in my mind. Big fan. Again, this episode sponsored by our friends at Invisage Sport. Make sure you check them out online at Amazon.uk and available here directly from Fight League Atlantic in the near future online. Uh, thanks again to all our other sponsors. This week, coming up, we're dropping the bracket. I don't know why I'm talking like this. I changed my voice. Anyway, we're dropping the bracket, maybe Thursday, maybe Monday, originally scheduled Thursday, but we may have to move it to Monday for this beautiful championship ring. I don't know if it'll fit on my finger. I'm not a very good Vanna White. Anyway, super, really super, 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 man. I don't know why I've said that word so many times. Great, great ring designed uh, and made by Press Jewelry Design here in Halifax. So thanks for calling, for doing that. And uh, first of many. All right, folks, pre-order the pay-per-view available now at uh, fightleagueatlantic.com as well. Share, like, and subscribe these videos on YouTube or Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you may be. Lots of love. Be good to one another and uh, be kind. We're out of here.